0: You are listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast with Anthony Fasano, session 21. In this episode, I am going to interview Christina Cantors, an architect from Melbourne, Australia, who now focuses on helping technical professionals improve their communication skills. Christina is going to give some tips for improving your public speaking and also walk us through a checklist that she uses to prepare for presentations. Let's do it! Welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, where it's all about helping real engineers to overcome real challenges and get real results. And now for your host, who is on a mission to inspire as many engineers as possible, professional engineer and certified career coach, Anthony Fasano. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Fasano, your engineering career coach, and I welcome you to session 21 of the podcast here. And I'm excited. We got a great guest today in Christina Cantor. She gives so much information about public speaking and improving your communication skills as a technical professional. I want to actually make this intro real short so we can get into the show. I just have one announcement to make. I'm putting on a very special event for motivated engineers. The event's going to be in sunny San Diego in late September. We're going to focus on how to develop strong communication skills, develop your networking and business development abilities and also develop your leadership skills. We did a similar type event in Austin, Texas. You can check it on the on the website, engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash Austin for the recap of that. But the website for this event in San Diego is iecdfallmeetup.com. And I'm going to do something for podcast listeners because I appreciate you listening to the show. If you register for the San Diego meetup before the end of June, and you listen to it here on the podcast, just send me an email and just say, I heard about it on the podcast, I registered for the conference, and I'll give you a complimentary coaching session with me either before or after the meetup. So you can either prep for the meetup, we could talk about what you want to work on, I can give you some tips on it, or after the meetup, if you want to talk to me about digesting the content and implementing it into your career. So again, all you have to do to get that is go to iecdfallmeetup.com, register before the end of June, and then email me at afasano, at PowerfulPurpose.com, and we'll get you set up with that complimentary session. All right, with that, I don't want to waste any more time today because we got an awesome show packed with strategies. Christine is going to go over her checklist for her, when she does a presentation with us, and then also our career-changing tip. She's going to stay on with us, and she gives an awesome tip for conversational technique that you could use. So with that, let's get right into the show.
1: It's go time.
0: All right, now it's time for our coaching segment of the show where I try to either give some advice myself or bring on an expert to talk about something that can help you in your engineering career. And today I'm really excited. I have with me Christina Cantors, who is an architect from Melbourne, Australia, who runs the website designdrawspeak.com. And she focuses a lot with helping architects with their communication skills and their speaking skills. And I'm going to talk to her a little bit today about you know, how to become confident, creative presenters, improving your communication skills, your speaking skills. And we're also going to go through a checklist that she uses in preparation for uh, speaking engagement or a presentation. So with that, I just want to welcome in Christina. Hi, Christina.
1: Hi, Anthony. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's always nice to find technical experts that are out there trying to help other professionals improve their communication efforts. And I guess to start off, Christina, why don't you kind of tell the listeners kind of in your own words a little bit about you and, you know, how you started doing this?
1: Okay, so I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and I am a former architect. What I'm what I'm really passionate about, though, Anthony, is helping design students and designers with their presentation skills and their communication skills because it's something that they just don't teach you in design school. And when I was a design student, I – You know, I I didn't, I didn't struggle a lot with it, but I definitely felt like I could do things better. And it wasn't until I did a course on communication skills and professional uh, communication skills that I actually learned that you can actually learn how to be a better communicator. And I applied those skills that I learned to my final year presentations and it just made a huge, huge difference. And then going into the workplace, working for a large uh, corporate architectural firm, I then saw that, you know, people don't necessarily get better with experience. And, you know, these people, like, they're great designers, they're really talented at what they do, but they still struggle to communicate those ideas in a really concise and engaging manner. And I saw this and I thought, you know, there's something, I just I want to be able to help people at the student level to then prepare them for the professional environment and to help them become better designers and to help them get their ideas out to the world. So I started a podcast. It's called Presentation Skills for Design Students and and that's how I do the the majority of my of my teaching, I suppose. And I also run workshops and do lectures and and one-on-one coaching and things like that.
0: Excellent. That's awesome. And those are the kind of things that I think technical professionals need and it's great to hear that you were able to take a course uh, and improve your skills because that's one of the things that I try to tell my listeners and whenever I get the chance to speak to engineers is that public speaking and presenting is something that you can improve upon. I think a lot of people feel that it's one of those skills that you're either born with or you're not and I try to continue to tell them that that's not that's not true that's not a fact and in fact there's many engineers out there that I've helped and I've told to go to Toastmasters, join Toastmasters, a, a wonderful organization that helps people with their speaking and communication skills. And they've had great results and they've improved. So it's good to hear someone like you, Christina, who has some expertise in this field saying that, you know, you took a course and you learned. I think that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that you can learn. It's just like I liken it to riding a bike, actually. I mean, no one I've spoken to people before and they're like, oh, I'm just I'm just not good at presenting. I'm just not good at speaking in front of a group. And they kind of just accept that. But really, the first time you get on a bike, no one gets on a bike, falls off and then says, oh, I'm just not good at riding a bike. You know, no one says that. Everyone knows that you need to practice. You put on your training wheels. You get your mum or dad to help you. And then you, you gradually build up the confidence. And then you build up the skills. And then eventually you can take off your training wheels. And and then you're there. And then you, you build those skills. And then you take it to the next level and then go right on the roads. And then without a helmet, like in New York City, which is really scary. But anyway, <laughs> and a lot of that is to do with confidence. And presentation skills, public speaking, it's just, it's, it's exactly the same. So that's, I find like, one of the biggest challenges in terms of you know helping people, you need people need to believe that they can actually get better because that's the only way that you really will. Because you you know it's all in the mind. If you don't think you're going to get better, then it's going to be very hard for you to make progress.
0: Great. All right. So so you mentioned the word confidence there. So. Let me ask you a question. And for those of you out there, I'm going to ask Christina just a few questions that I often get from engineers. And then she's going to go through her checklist that she uses for uh, preparing for presentation. So let me ask you the question about confidence. For those people listening that, you know, might be, they might be struggling with the confidence to present or speak. What do you recommend that somebody who's trying to get better at speaking do? How can they boost their confidence?
1: One thing you can do, and you've probably heard this from, other people but it totally works it's just practicing what you're going to say now if you're about to present some technical um, work or present a project you i'm assuming that you know what you're talking about because that's probably the first thing that you that's that's important in terms of being confident there's there's nothing worse than getting up to present something that you don't actually you're not 100% about the content so i'm assuming that if you're about to get up and present an idea or a project or, or something like that then you are going to know your content so knowing your content is key to to be confident in presenting I just
0: want to interject real quick because I, uh, this is something just to kind of add on to what Christina's saying and kind of, you know, I agree 100%. But when I do my present, my engineering your own success presentation, I've done probably now hundreds of times, but it's like every time you get up there, you know the content better, it's more comfortable. I feel like everything slows down for you and you just, it becomes easier and easier.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I know a lot of people, uh, have this fear that they're going to forget something or forget forget to say something, or they'll be asked a question that they don't know the answer to. But if you know your content, it comes down to trusting yourself and trusting that you know the answer and that somewhere it's there in your head. And then in order to retrieve that information, you just have to stay calm. And if someone asks you a question and you and you're feeling a little bit panicky if you can calm your mind down and just trust that okay i know my stuff there's no reason to be afraid or nervous because i, I trust that i know everything that's that's important then then that's going to help you a lot hmm. excellent there's nothing wrong with actually if you don't know the answer to something as well as long as you are honest and you are able to answer it in a way where you say, you know, i I can find that out for you, or this is, you know, this is another way of looking at it or something like that.
0: Okay, great. Great. Just to follow up on that question, since you talked about, you know, knowing your content, when it comes down to the presentations, do you have like a very specific script that you would follow or do you kind of have like an outline and then you kind of talk around it?
1: What I do is I tend to script out the introduction. So, because it's very important that you capture your audience from the very beginning. So, having a really strong opening is key. And I like to write out exactly what i'm going to say from just in the first 30 seconds and practicing that over and over and over i know a lot of people try and memorize their whole presentation which to me it's a waste of time because it takes a really long time and it doesn't allow for any organic conversations that might come from that or if someone interjects with a question you know you might feel like it stuffs you up and then you lose your place but remembering and, and memorizing and getting that first 30 seconds down absolutely perfect is a really good way to actually again going back to the going back to confidence it helps with your confidence because if you can nail that first 30 seconds you're already thinking to yourself yeah okay great start i'm i'm going really well because i've got that if you go out there and and wing it from the very beginning without any practice and then you stumble a bit in the first sentence or the second sentence that's going to give you just that it's going to um like rattle you a little bit which might then set the scene for the rest of the presentation so so script i mean for me anyway scripting that first 30 seconds is important as well as scripting maybe the the end having a strong conclusion in terms of the the middle content just having a like a dot point structure of 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 what i'm going to talk about that that's what i do but i don't I don't memorize the whole or script the whole presentation because it's it's a lot of work.
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah, I agree. That's usually you know I, I try to do that too. Go with a good intro and a, and a closing, but you know give you give yourself room to kind of speak a little bit. You know, be creative, engage the engage the listeners. Just just a story to kind of emphasize that point is, you know, I go to church every weekend and there's a couple priests that, for their homily, they'll come down into the center aisle and they'll talk, they'll engage people, they'll ask questions, and it's very interesting. But then there's another, one of the priests just stays up behind the lectern and he just reads his homily, and it's just, you can't connect with it. I mean, you can't get into it, you can't connect with it because you know that he's just kind of reading it and he's not into it and you can't really kind of engage with it. So it's definitely. I agree. It's a lot of time to prepare like that and to script something and it it just doesn't come off as well. So, so that's, that's something that you can all hopefully incorporate into some of your, your speaking and presenting. How about as far as being creative? I mean, I know that, you know, you're big on creativity. Uh, You know, I've been on your website. I've listened to your podcast, which is awesome. And, you know, talk about that a little bit. Talk about the importance of being creative and how it's helpful in your communication efforts.
1: Well, this is something that I've actually just been learning through experimentation really, because like I said, I have, I have a podcast and I interview a lot of experts on there as well. And what I've been finding is that, you know, it's kind of hard to get a response from people just from sending them an email because these days people receive so many emails i know it's hard to keep up and everyone's so super busy and i thought you know what i've got to do something a little bit different in order to get the attention of these people i want to interview so i started being creative in the way that i ask people to be interview guests on my podcast and the first one i did was a slideshow presentation for a woman called Nadine Hanafi, and she teaches people how to design beautiful slideshows. So I thought, okay, well, this makes sense. I'll make her a slideshow. So I made her a slideshow and she loved it. And she said, of course, I'd love to be on your podcast. So that that was success number one. And I've done other things like I made a flip book for Bjark Ingalls, an architect, and I sent it to him. I made another book for another architect, Matthew Fredericks, and he loved it. And then I made a video, a rap video for Pat Flynn, who's a really well-known blogger and podcaster. And it was just a 90-second video. It wasn't that difficult to put together. I, I quite like writing rhymes. Like I'm, it turns out I'm, I'm all right at it. So I just – and I put together these cheesy – beatboxing beats from my iPad made this quick video sent it to him he tweets me back within minutes saying yes let's totally do this and I got an interview with him that way now Pat Flynn receives three to four hundred emails a day fact and when I interviewed him he said to me you know what I wasn't going to do any interviews until summer I decided I wasn't going to do any you know because he's a very very busy man And he goes, you know what, but when I saw your video, I knew I had to do this interview. And he came to the interview already excited. He wanted to be there. And that was just so awesome to be able to stand out and make an impact on someone who is in such high demand and receives so many emails a day. You know, that was awesome. And it just shows how far a little bit of creativity can go in your communication and this can be whether you're trying to get noticed or trying to get the attention of someone just as I've been doing or if you're and and that works as well if you're say going for a job interview or applying to jobs sorry it's you know you can stand out from the hundreds of people who are sending in their resumes if you can do something a little bit creative like make a video or send them a handmade something or something that's you know hey you're, you're engineers why don't you make something that's if that's a talent of yours then, you know, put that to work and and try that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's an awesome point and I think as an engineer just, you know, one one example that I could give that I've kind of helped a couple of engineers to do is if you're going for an interview, instead of just showing up with your resume, show up with either a book of some of your designs that you've done or some of your drawings that you've done or secondly, show up with a problem that they have that you solve. So in other words, if you know that they're having an issue in their company and they're hiring someone for it, you could say, well, if I came in here, I would do X, Y, Z, and this is how we can solve this problem. And I think that it's kind of speaks a little bit to what, you know, Christine is talking about is, you know, be creative and stand out. And that's, and if you do those types of things and the, and the couple of engineers that I helped with that, they both got the job. They went in there with their whole portfolio and a whole book of their accomplishments and, it it means a lot I mean like Christina said Pat Flynn who I know very well and I you know I, I follow him a lot he gets a ton of emails he's big in the online space and for her to be able to get on her podcast which is you know her podcast is relatively new I mean that's awesome and and it's because of creativity so I think mean, that's awesome and, I, and I'm sure Christina you can do all kinds of creative things in your presentations too right
1: yeah well that's something that I've been practicing with as well I so one, I gave a presentation before I left Melbourne at, at the University of Melbourne to some architecture students. And, you know, students, they, they tend to, they're used to lectures that are pretty boring. I know because I was one not too long ago. And I thought, you know, I've got to make this interesting for them. So I started off with a video from the film Madagascar. That always gets people's attention. And it did contain a very valuable lesson on communication. So it was relevant. And I did other things like, you know, instead of, instead of trying to get people to engage with me directly, because there were quite a few people there, I instead of saying, you know, what are your thoughts on this? I knew people would be a bit shy to speak up. So what I did was I got everyone to write something down on a piece of paper and then I got them to get their phones out and Instagram it. And then... On the screen, I brought up Instagram, and and I got them all to hashtag it with the same hashtag, and then I was able to share their what they'd written down with everyone up there on the screen without them having to actually, you know, get too much out of their comfort zones and have to speak in front of everyone, hmm. and I think that was a really good way to engage the audience and also you're doing things a bit differently i mean how often is are you in as a student how often are you in a lecture and the person who's giving the lecture says all right everyone get your phones out like no one tells you get your phones out everyone's like stop looking at your phones put them away concentrate so i think if you can think about what are people used to in a presentation what are they expecting And, and generally they're not expecting to be overwhelmed with creativity. You know, they're just expecting your standard, you know, step by step, this is what we're going to do, rah, 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 presentation. So if you can just flip that on its head and go, how can I make this completely different to anything they've ever seen before, then you're winning.
0: Awesome, awesome. And I just want to say... For those of you listening, that if you hear like sirens and stuff in the background, Christina's in New York City. So it's not <laughs> it's not for effect or anything, it's just New York City. <laughs> no,
1: that's actually what's happening outside my apartment building right now. There's jackhammering, there there's sirens, because there's always some sort of emergency in this city. Yeah, it's there's never a quiet moment.
0: Yeah. So but anyway, but that's great. And I and I think that for those of you out there, be creative, whether you're trying to get a job, whether you're trying to get a client know, do something different and I think you'll find it it's gonna help you tremendously. All right, one more question for Christina and then we'll let her go through her checklist here. Christina, one of the challenges for engineers and I'm sure architects as well, is a lot of times technical professionals need to present technical information to people that aren't very technical. Like for example, if we have to go in front of a board and get a project approved and you know they're just just lay people or maybe you know local citizens that aren't necessarily technical technically savvy so what recommendations might you have if for those engineers that have to present with that circumstance
1: that's a really good question and it's something that architects also struggle with you know how do you and it's not so much technical but it's more of a a creative idea how do you convince a client that this is a, a good idea that that should be pursued and that you know? Is, is worth all the all the precious dollars that they're about to invest. And something that I have learned is really effective is to use stories because that's going to really connect, help people to connect with what you're saying. So if you're talking, if you're giving technical knowledge, people are going to tune out because they have no idea. They can't relate that to anything. But if you can tell them a story of how they will experience that, that space, or, or how it's going to affect them once it's built. What is it going to do for the community? What is it going to do for their um, for their loved ones, for the, for the people around them? If you can connect with them on an emotional level like that, and then talk about what exactly you're you're going to be doing, then that's going to really help to create that connection, get them get them engaged, and that I, yeah that's 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 what I would say that 's like the most important thing stories okay. I recently just went actually this morning, I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and I did a tour there with a group called Museum Hack, and their tagline is Making museums fun and I was like, you know this is a challenge because I find art. Pretty boring at the best of times, and we went in there and the the tour guides they use stories to help explain the artworks and they asked us questions and said what do you think about this or if, imagine if someone asked you on a date what would you what would your be your response if they did this or did that or did that. Well, that's what happened in during the 1800s when blah, 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 blah. And that's how they explained these artefacts and these artworks. And it was really, really fascinating. So I think if you can connect with people by asking them questions and saying, how would you feel if blah, blah, blah? Or what are your thoughts on this? And then get them, get them sort of responding to that and you can see if they are... If they're making eye contact and they're nodding along and you can see okay they're kind of getting it and then and then give them a story about how their lives are going to be improved by whatever it is that you're proposing and and then and then that that's just the, it's going to be much more you're going to be much more successful than with getting them on board
0: That's perfect. I mean, that's what I've tried to do in the past, and I think the stories is a huge help. Uh, Some analogies, stories, and I think the biggest thing you hit on there at the end was the benefits. I mean, especially if you're trying to get a project approved or you're trying to get a company to hire you, uh, you want to express to them, of course, what are the benefits that you're going to get? If you hire me, if you hire my company, if this project gets approved, and I think that that's where people sometimes fall short, especially engineers, because you're just so fixated on the technical side of it, and you want to present all the technical information to people. Me How about trying to make them understand how the technical side of this project is going to help them along? So...
1: Yeah, I think focusing on the why of something is just so important. A lot of people when they give a presentation, they tend to focus on the what. So this is what we're going to do or this is what we do. This is this is all this, you know, these are all the skills that we have. These are all the projects we've done in the past or you know, this is how this project will work. But they often forget to Communicate why they do something. Why do they believe this is going to be so beneficial? Why it's so great? Why it's going to improve the lives of the of the the people? That sort of thing. That's that's another really important thing to address.
0: All right, excellent. So now, with that being said, why don't we run through your presentation checklist, Christina, and you can just kind of give our listeners an idea of some of the things that you do leading up to one of your presentations.
1: Sure, of course. Well okay so this is my, this is my presentation checklist that you can download at my website at designdrawspeak.com and I find that this is every this is a lot of stuff that well all of it I do before every presentation I give and it's just a, a little checklist that gives you a, a suggestion of what you can do two weeks before your presentation one to two days before your presentation and then the day of so maybe we'll just run through a couple from each of those perfect. Um, sections. So one to two weeks before your presentation. So this is when you're putting it all together. I would say, so I've got written here, do I know what my audience's number one takeaway will be? And this is so important. When you're putting together a presentation, it's critical that you have a think about, okay, at the end of this presentation, what do I want my audience to walk away with? What is the number one takeaway that they're going to have or how do I another way to think of it is how do I want my audience to feel at the end of this presentation you know what's the what's the action I want them to take so if you can specify that that's going to help you with your content and I find a lot of designers they have a lot of information and content that they want to share and they just want to shove it all in there but in reality your audience can only absorb so much so if you have a clear idea of what you want your audience to get out of your presentation, that's going to help you then select the key bits of content that are going to all work towards achieving that final goal.
0: That's awesome. Awesome.
1: So I would say, so that's like one of, that's such an important thing to do as you're preparing a presentation. So that's
0: about a couple of weeks before you do that. That's that's when you're
1: putting it together. Okay. And I, you know, so it depends on how organized you are really. (laughs) Oh, and just another quick thing with that also, one to two weeks before your presentation, if knowing where and when you'll be giving the presentation is very important. I, if where, wherever I can, I like to go to the lecture theatre beforehand or the, the room and check it out and just see what it's going to be like. Cause that again, that's going to build, that's going to help with your confidence because you, you already know, okay, that's one less unknown that you have to deal with. Got it. And of course, we, all, we always fear the unknown. So if you know exactly, OK, this is how I'm going to get there, like just practicing getting there or practicing finding the room. It's, it's a real, all these little things just help to have your presentation run smoothly.
0: Awesome. All right. So now take us to about one, two days before the presentation.
1: One to two days before the presentation. I would say the most important thing I have here is have I practiced my entire presentation at least three times and timed it. That's really important if you do have a strict time frame in which you are given to present because it's very important to respect people's time. And if you're told, okay, you've got 20 minutes or you've got an hour, it, you know, if you can get your presentation down to that time, then that's going to be People are going to really appreciate you for sticking to time because so often people just run over and, and people just start getting anxious and going, oh, I just want lunch, you know. So people are going to tune out anyway. So make sure you, you stick to your time. And then, yeah, like I said earlier, practising is just the best way to alleviate your nerves and to just – it's just going to help with your confidence because you've heard yourself saying these sentences. You've heard – Just just hearing yourself going through um, those sentences and repeating those words, it will help you with any little words you might stumble over or if you say something and it comes out and it doesn't quite sound right to you, then that's going to allow you to then go back and, and amend that. And especially practicing in front of others, they'll then be able to tell you, oh, I don't know if that that doesn't really make sense to me. Although, we, Or they'll tell you, you know, I really almost fell asleep in that bit just there. Maybe you can jazz it up, you know, doing this. So practicing really, really helps. And I tend to procrastinate, of course, like a lot of good architects. And <laughs> and I find that, you know, practicing it, I don't tend to practice it until the day before And then on the day, and that's the only way I really get that done.
0: Okay. All right. That's great. And I think it's one of the things you touched on, which I, I, for me, has been so important. And what people don't realize is that your brain you know it has so much to do and your subconscious has so much to do with speaking and like when you said when you practice it these words just get memorized and kind of embedded into your memory and then they just come out easier and there's a great there's a great book called Speak to Win by Brian Tracy that I've read a bunch of times and he talks a lot about that actually and how you almost You're almost tricking your brain when you practice to feel like you're an expert at that speech. So when you get up there, it comes out a lot smoother. So that's something that everyone out there can check out. So let's go on to the day of the presentation now, Christina. Give us something about the day of the presentation.
1: Okay, I'm going to give a couple of tips here that aren't tips that you may have heard before. And the first one is Have I done two minutes of power posing? Now, I learnt this from a TED talk, I don't know if you've seen it Anthony, but it's by a woman called Amy Cuddy and she talks about how our bodies have, our bodies actually can affect the way our minds are. So. What she talks about is if you are in a very – if you stand in a very powerful stance like like Hulk or like Wonder Woman or whatever with your, with your arms up in the air or, or on your hips and you make yourself as big as possible, you actually trick your brain into thinking that you are bigger, more confident and more powerful than you actually are. And they did this test with people and they found that people who stood in these power poses, their cortisol levels, so the stre- their stress levels, actually went down down and then they found the opposite with people who sat in very small and powerless positions they found that their stress levels actually went up and i found this fascinating and i thought well that's a pretty quick fix so what she says is just all you need to do is do two minutes of it and like stand in front of the mirror and do it and it seems really silly but i actually do this before every presentation i go into the bathroom and I look at myself in the mirror and I stand there with my arms up in the air, my chin slightly lifted, my legs, you know, shoulder width apart in a really, it sounds ridiculous, but I do it. And, and, you know, as long as someone doesn't walk in <laughs> it's really fine. and you just hold it, all you got to do is hold it. And I love this because it's such a simple thing, hold it and you immediately will hold it for two minutes. And you will feel more confident and more powerful. And you can do this when you're sitting down as well. If you sit, sort of lean back, put your arm over the chair next to you, you know, just kind of make yourself a little bit bigger, all of that really helps to improve your confidence and just trick your brain into thinking that you are more powerful and more confident it's a really interesting ted talk and i encourage everyone to check it out
0: that's awesome i'll put that in the show notes for the show which we'll have at engineeringcareercoach.com forward slash speaking checklist no spaces no dashes (laughs) speaking checklist But that's awesome. I never heard of that one. That's that's very interesting. I'll have to try that. I mean, I often will listen to like a song before I talk or go out of the room and, you know, put my headphones on just to kind of get a little bit, you know, get myself going a bit. But that's, I'll have to try the power posing. That sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. Just pumping yourself up. It really does work. I've just got one last thing, if I may just a, like a simple little trick that you can do. We talked a bit about before about, you know, practicing a presentation and, and getting into that flow of it. One thing that you can do right before your, your um, important meeting or presentation or whatever is to actually practice just conversing. So if you, so say you're giving a you're, um, so you're giving your presentation, and there's someone giving a talk before you, and it's like an hour, and you're sitting there for an hour, and you're not saying anything, you're just sitting there, and then you get up and you go to speak, and you're kind of like lost for words because you just haven't, you haven't sort of warmed up your voice and just practiced forming sentences and talking, and one, so one thing that's really important that you should try and do is before your presentation, if you even if you've got no one to speak to, just call someone, get on the phone, and just practice talking and you just get into that flow and warming up just how to speak really. It sounds it sounds a bit silly, but it but it really does help. And then by the time you get onto stage or into the meeting and you're about to start doing you know talk um giving your your important presentation your your words will just flow naturally because you've just been doing it so if you can try and get on the phone to someone or just talk to someone before your presentation to warm up think of it as a warm-up like before you go for a a sprint session if you're going for a run or whatever you always do a a bit of a warm-up so that you don't injure yourself think of that you're avoiding emotional injury
0: Awesome. Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> Those are just two two tips that I learned that I'm going to have to try out. That's awesome. All right. So again, her checklist is available at designdrawspeak.com, and I will put the link to her website in the show notes. So basically, just to summarize some of the things we covered, we talked about confidence To be confident, make sure you know your content. That'll be helpful to kind of boost your confidence before a talk. We talked about the importance of being creative. Do something different. Stand out from the crowd. Um, And Christina talked about some of the videos she made, and and I gave some analogies for your engineering career. And then lastly, she talked about strategies for speaking to people that aren't technically savvy and presenting them technical information. And basically what Christina said was use stories and try to engage people. And I think that that's a wonderful way to do it. And then she, of course, just gave us some portions of her checklist, which I found to be very helpful. And I think really what stands out is the practice, you know, knowing your presentation, practicing and going through it. So what we're going to do is just take a quick break. And then I'm going to have Christina stay on with us and come back and we'll do our career changing tip to end off the show.
1: Career Changing Tip.
0: All right, now it's time for our career changing tip and this is the portion of the show where I try to give listeners one action item or one task or that they can do to see immediate results in their career. And since we had Christina on with us today, I've kept her on. She's going to join us and she's going to give our career changing tip based around, you know, communication, something that you could do to kind of improve your communication efforts. So, Christina, go ahead
1: awesome okay well something that i learned from my years at a large corporate architectural firm is to be really respectful of people's time now especially because i was a i was a graduate and then a young architect and i was working with directors who were always really really busy and i'd often have questions but of course, they're very difficult to catch and, and their time is precious. So, one thing that you can do to be respectful of people's time is to approach them. And if you've got a quick question, just say, Oh, hey, hey, do you have, do you have 60 seconds? I just have a really quick question. They're much more likely to say, Oh, yeah, sure, sure, I've got 60 seconds than if you were to just go up and say, can I ask you a question? Because then they'll be like, "Oh, how how long is this going to take?" Like I've, I've got to go to a meeting soon, and you know. So if so, so give people an indication of how much of their time you're going to need. So it might be, you know, I just need. To like 60 seconds, or I just need two minutes, or do you have five minutes? I just have a couple of quick questions. And they will be much more likely to respond in a positive way. Now, one word of caution. I was doing this once with my director and I said, I said, hi, I've got, I've just got two questions to ask you. And they're both quick. And he said, yeah, sure, go for it. And I asked him the two questions and he gave me a response and then I said oh um, and just lastly one more thing and he goes I thought there were only two and I was like "Oh!" so you know if people do pay attention so if you're going to say I've just got one quick question or I just need 60 seconds of your time make sure that it only takes 60 seconds so that would be my career-changing tip they will respect you much more as well for respecting their time
0: awesome Awesome. Well, with that, I just want to say once again, thank you to Christina Cantors from designdrawspeak.com for spending some time with us today and giving us some great, great tips on public speaking and communication. Thanks, Christina.
1: Thanks so much, Anthony. It's been a blast.
0: And for everyone out there listening, thanks for tuning in. I look forward to continuing to help you create an extraordinary engineering career. Be sure to check out all of the information on the website at engineeringcareercoach.com. Dot com. If you click on the guides tab, I've actually created a couple of very long guides and one of them is focused on helping you to improve your public speaking. So again, you can check that out at engineeringcareercoach.com and click the guides button. With that, I'm going to sign off and I'll catch everyone on the next session of the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast with Anthony Fasano. Transforming engineering career development one engineer at a
1: time. For tons of free engineering career resources, visit www.engineeringcareercoach.com.